1: Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. And that is going to end up being an actual problem for me. I I accidentally signed out out of Google.
0: Maxi going one for 16. I wonder if that's what he wanted to do.
1: Wasn't what I wanted him to do. Neither I. Not at all. I figured he'd be a little bit better than Jaden Hardy. Turns out, not so much. He's got a better laugh. I don't think I've ever heard him speak. It's like Kawhi. I'll have to send it to you. Awkward. Born ready. And we... Are live. Welcome to the NBA strategy show. It is Tuesday, December 26th. That should have been a lot easier than it was. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam share We are brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go watch my prize picks video right now, by the way. Uh, back-to-back winners, just in case you're curious. Nine games slate ahead of us. We've got an NBA Millie tonight on DraftKings. Should be a fun one. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live.
0: Adam, how was Christmas? Christmas was good. Uh, Christmas DFS was not. Christmas best ball was not. But uh, Christmas itself was good. Betting was good. Not as it wasn't as good as DFS was bad. But yeah, um, yeah. Overall, no real complaints other than ones that I would direct Paul Reed's direction.
1: Marcus Morris was great.
0: Yeah. Well, I ended up with like none of him. So. Oh, did you? Yeah.
1: Uh, well, he played ten minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that yeah, so uh, he wasn't great. It was dreadful. He went from playing 30 minutes when no one's there to now just playing 10. Uh did you have a lot of Chemetzi Metu yesterday?
0: I don't think so, no.
1: 52.75 DraftKings points in 33 and a half minutes.
0: That'll that'll work. I know Grayson yeah. Allen had forty eight, I know Luca had ninety seven.
1: Yes he did, and yes he did. But uh yeah, that metu one was just like could have used that on Friday when I actually went to him Friday. instead of today when I didn't. Never fails, man. It just never, ever, ever fails. Always going to be early to that and then get destroyed by it later. Tyrese Maxey unable to make any sort of shot in the first half, trying to do his best Jaden Hardy impersonation. Just real, real annoyance across the board for me.
0: I didn't care too much. I mean, I lost at basketball yesterday. My real annoyance was I had one. So I had seven best DraftKings basketball teams in the semis. I had one underdog team. Going into last night, everything was dead except for my except for one DraftKings team. I needed okay. 28 Christian McCaffrey points plus Pretty. anything Brandon Ayuk scored over 11. So okay. I jump in the first by like one and a half points. McCaffrey gets me there. Ayuk's at like two. So I'm like, all right, I have a nine-point buffer. It's the fourth quarter. They haven't done shit all game. And then it just turns into Brandon, the Brandon Ayuk drive for <laughs> like two drives in a row. And I end up losing by like, I don't know, eight points or something.
1: Oh, at least he got blown out then. Like,
0: well, it yeah, would have been a lot like, worse. It was because of two plays. Like Sure, but like, I, at I, least I it was
1: clean. Like, you didn't get it by a tenth of a like a yeah, yard so, or something.
0: So it had the potential. To, it could have been a lot worse because the Niners got to the one yard. They threw a you in the end zone, pass interference at the one. So they're at the goal line. And I didn't even care because I was like seven and a half points back. It would have been a lot worse if it was like, oh, McCaffrey touchdown wins it. And then they didn't even, like, give McCaffrey yeah. a chance.
1: Yeah, I'd rather have no dream whatsoever right. than, like, it just sneak over. That would have been uh, pretty irritating.
0: Yeah, I think I saw Pete Overzet finish, like, a point shy with McCaffrey. So, like, he was, <sighs> if he just gets a goal-line carry and scores, he advances. But
1: they pretended
0: McCaffrey did not exist at the goal line.
1: Yeah, that's uh, not ideal. Would probably be the best way to describe it. Anyway, you ready to break down this slate? Uh, Sort of. Are you throwing a bullet in the millie? haven't decided, probably. I, I threw one in. I couldn't help myself.
0: Yeah, I'd rather I mean, I, the way I usually. Think I'd rather have it part. be slightly cheaper and slightly more people, but whatever. Yeah. The way I generally think about it is like: Do I want to play a twenty five hundred dollar lineup tonight? No. Do I want to win a million million dollars? Yes, and the yes is stronger than the no. Yeah, yeah. I think we're on the same page there. So fire that
1: bullet away, and we'll see where we end up. But for now, let's talk some basketball, shall we? Sure. The Brooklyn Nets are six and a half point favorites in Detroit, 233 total for Brooklyn. It's the same people that are always around for Detroit, uh, slightly different Jalen Dern, probable Killian Hayes, probable beef stew, probable. I'm I I said this on the process show this morning. I'm going to say it right now. I have nothing to back this up. The Detroit Pistons win tonight outright just feels it. I just feel it. Like it's, they're going to pick up this dub and that whole little thing is going to go away. So Use that information accordingly for building your Pistons lineups. That's what I'm, that's my message. Definitely, I know ball type stuff. Did
0: you see uh, how their owner's feeling about their current situation?
1: I know they were chanting, sell the team. Uh, I didn't, I know that I saw some sort of headline. I don't
0: remember it. I drank a lot the past two days. The the gist of it was that he thinks selling the team would be ridiculous because outside of their win-loss record, the Pistons are doing great.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's uh besides (laughs) the whole succeeding thing, yeah. Everything is fantastic. Oh yeah, he didn't he say something about like they do a lot of stuff in the community. They do a lot in the
0: community, which obviously has to do with the ownership. Like you couldn't just sell the team to somebody that actually wants to win and then them still do stuff in the community.
1: Yeah. That's like that's not (laughs) whatever. Genius, just pure genius running around here in Detroit. What whatever, they're gonna pick up a dub today against the Brooklyn Nets. That's really all that matters, at least to me. I really hope they don't. I mean, I would
0: like to see them lose out. It'd be a lot cooler
1: if they lost like 57 straight basketball games or something. I I just
0: want to see some like ridiculous amount of losing. Uh, I was joking with Alex. Alex said something about them losing. And I said the Lions are going to win more games from January 1st through the end of the NBA regular season than the Pistons. I would actually really enjoy it if that happened. They might. They might. I mean, I, it would be very interesting if they win more
1: games than the Pistons do in the entire season. Like that's probably close.
0: Oh, you're saying from week one of NFL?
1: Yeah, yeah. Who more wins? Lions yeah, that or Pistons? Is close. Oh god, that's terrifying to think about. So for Brooklyn, we got like ten to fifteen percent owner. I mean, basically everybody's getting some love. Ten uh, to fifteen on Dinwiddie, Claxton, and Bridges makes sense, and then around you know five to ten on. Cam Thomas, Cam Johnson, Sharp, DSJ. What are you seeing here from Brooklyn? Because I I think the guys that are getting the ownership are the ones that I would want, but I honestly feel like they're a little bit too high, but that's what happens when you face the Pistons.
0: Yeah, I think the pricing is just pretty fair here. There's not one particular guy that stands out as egregiously mispriced and that you're definitely building around, but we've just seen their salaries come down over the last few games. Bridges in this spot at 7,400 just looks good. Claxton at 6,700 looks good. Dinwiddie looks fine at 6,900. Those are the three getting double-digit ownership. Cameron Johnson's at at 9% at 5,900. Like you said, they're all going a little bit over-owned, but it's nothing crazy. It's not like you you have somebody getting 40% ownership that is 10% to be optimal. They just look like good plays. You're going to obviously want some more contrarian pieces around them, but it's a nine-game slate. That's not going to be that difficult. None of them have crazy amounts of raw ownership. They just, across the board, the starters look like solid enough options. Um, I'm a little surprised that 5K there on Sharp is getting 8% ownership. Like, the ceiling is obviously there, but you are fully paying for that now when you're talking about a center, a backup center, rather. So that one, I probably, I assume I don't really get to.
1: It'll be interesting to see what the ownership is on someone like Andre Drummond, who also has a Q tag on Vooch. So we could end up getting to a lot of Drummond, but uh, if those guys are comparable in price, I'm very interested to see what the ownership discrepancy is because they're basically the same dude for today. Yeah, they just kind of, like, exist, but that's what, you know, Detroit 25th in defensive rating, sixth in pace. It's a nice matchup for the Nets. Uh might just be a little too nice for what the public is showing as of right now. Do you have your do you have anything done yet?
0: No, I'm running stuff now.
1: Yeah, I just I just finished mine now. And it's not uh,
0: updated for Bruce Brown for Yeah. Just that Which, come up.
1: They're in Houston today. It will help uh Indy free some stuff up, but that one won't be I hope that won't be too bad. I won't not touch in the Bruce Brown stuff until later for sure. Um, there is no me, way
0: that the Pistons, who are probably like thirty percent to win win
1: is that uh is that what we're seeing here?
0: That is Chad yes
1: of course, of course. they'll never win, right? That's just they lost the last game they can't win the next one. yeah that, I mean that's the same logic everybody uses for everything else, but yeah, obviously they're underdogs. I agree they're underdogs. What? I don't. I just, just, just. I don't need that irritation right now. I'm not looking at chat, so I'm going to continue to not look at chat. Uh, apparently, I did get to Brooklyn. Uh, I've got three x the field of Cam Johnson, neutral to Bridges, nu- neutral to Claxton, two xing Dinwiddie, which I didn't totally expect, but uh, revenge narrative alert for Spencer Dinwiddie, I guess. Oh yeah, I forgot he played that. Easy to forget the the team he was originally on when really no one cared about him. Yeah. And then we go to the Pistons side, the team that's going to pick up the dub today, probably. Uh, no ownership coming into these guys, and very complicated team to talk about. Durin back, Hayes back, Stewart back. So let's start here. Who do you expect to be the starting five for the Detroit Pistons tonight when they pick up their win?
0: Who the hell knows? Um, Cunningham, I know a couple Durin. of names feel safe. Cunningham, Durin, Bogdanovich. Yeah. Probably yeah. Stewart.
1: Yeah. You could tell me they don't start Durin, then I would believe it. I don't yeah, trust these idiots at this point, but Cunningham Bob- Bogdanovich. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. What do you think of Durin at 6,500 today? 6% owned.
0: It looks okay as a contrarian play, I guess. Like, I just have no feel for how many minutes he's going to play. It's not like the matchup is great. There's no shortage of centers. Riddle me this. Why is Nick Claxton more owned than
1: Jalen Durin? Because he's playing against Detroit I guess I mean Brooklyn's 19th in defense it's
0: are not they, all that, that like moved a lot in the last game I guess
1: I have it at 19th at least it could be 16 17 18 20 I were like knows? 12. um like if he's six percent and the opposite side of this one is Claxton at 18.
0: like I just preferred her and, and yeah you're right they're they're 18 on um dunks and threes now okay I didn't grab it
1: this morning, so that's whatever it was yesterday, so yeah, same same principle. I think he looks interesting if you're just comparing it in this one specific game, assuming yeah, he's starting, obviously. I think he does
0: too. I just have no feel for how many minutes he's going to play, but I do agree with you if he starts. Clearly, that's a good sign for his playing time.
1: I think we have to assume that he and Claxton are playing comparable minutes yeah. if
0: Durin is the starter. Right. Well, and I'll say that's the other side of this is, you know, obviously, I don't know exactly how many minutes Duran's going to play. It's not like you're typically getting 34, 35 from Claxton. Right. You know, like, right, you're expecting 29, 30 from Claxton, and that's certainly on the board for Durant.
1: What else do you like here? Oh, uh, who do you, do you think we're getting Ivy or, or Hayes? Ivy, I guess. Yeah. I don't. I think it's still Hayes, and then they just close like it with could, Ivy. It could be Thompson. Yeah,
0: it could. Feels like you're getting one of those guards, though. Yeah, I assume so. Um, yeah, so like the thing with Ivy-Hayes is I don't know – they were they announced Ivy as the starter last game when Hayes was in, and then Hayes ended up being out. Okay, right. Uh, I forgot about that. By
1: the way, whatever I said I had for Brooklyn, uh, I think uh, that I was not sorting my lineups correctly. So we're going to go ahead and hit the old refresh button. And circle back. Okay, I have more Durin and more Boy on now. Good to note, and I have all of the Cam Johnson on the
0: opposite side. So that's we're off to a great start. Are you getting- love the mornings? So you're getting a lot more uh, Durin than Claxton right now? Yeah, by a lot. Did
1: you project them for the same minutes? Uh, I have Durin. Yeah, I have them at the same amount of minutes. Basically the exact same projection too. You know, they're both like 1.1-ish fantasy point per minute dudes. Comparable prices. I don't hate it.
0: No, I think I think it looks fine. I don't really like much else for Detroit, though. Like Boyan's always fine. Um, Yeah, Boyan's always fine. Cunningham's always fine. Eighty-three hundred point guard, shooting guard, seven percent, nine seven percent ownership, nine percent chance of being optimal. Like they're just guys that land in a lineup to be different.
1: Yeah, I don't have much else to say here. This is like a relatively unappealing matchup. And we
0: have some better spots today. Yeah. And the problem is just that, like, they're not overpriced for the most part. They're not expensive. But considering that this team has lost 800 games in a row, the rotations are shit. Like, we never you don't know exactly what you're getting from most of these guys any given day. There's just a lot of risk in most of them outside of the usual, this guy could play poorly risk.
1: Anything else for this matchup? No. All right. Then we'll go to... The Orlando Magic, seven and a half point favorites in Washington, 237 total. So your stupid team is playing here today. Uh, No, well, Q -Q tag on Ingles, Q tag on Suggs. Obviously, no Markel Fultz. We have 14% ownership coming into Paolo Bancaro, around 10 to Franz Wagner, around 10 to John Isaac and Jalen Suggs. Uh, If Suggs is in, I think he's a little interesting at 5,600, but nothing too crazy. What stands out to you from the Magic?
0: Bancaro at 8,300 looks really good to me. Yeah, just Solid price tag, great matchup, 14% ownership, 13% chance of being optimal. I like that. I like Franz Wagner at small forward 7,900 as well, 12% ownership, 11% chance of being optimal. Price tag on him is a little bit higher than I feel comfortable with, but he is playing big minutes, played 36 last game. We've seen him pretty consistently playing big minutes um, over the course of the season. And while I certainly like the, I, like I like seeing Caro's name in my lineup more than I like seeing Franz Wagner's. Uh, he still just looks good as a small forward option. So I think those are the two that stand out the most. I'm with you if Suggs is in 5600 is a pretty nice price tag there in this matchup. Um, if he's out, 6700 Cole Anthony will look good. If Suggs is in, Anthony is you know large field tournament playable just because he can get hot off the bench for sure in the spot. But yeah. very correctly, if not a little bit overpriced. Um, if he's coming off or if Suggs is in, he's coming off the bench either way. But if Suggs is in. Um, but, yeah, Bencaro, Wagner looked good. This is a prime Wendell Carter Jr. pisses us both off spot. But I don't Did really you see know his how... rotation from the most recent game? Yeah, I, was just, I don't really know how you play him at this point outside of if you're playing 150 lineups in a very top-heavy large field tournament. Sure, maybe you get to a little bit of him and just hope for the best. But between the way he has played, which is less of a concern for me, but still a concern, and the rotations, I yeah. don't know how you have any confidence at this point. Uh, we saw him in that first game back play much shorter rotations than we were hoping for, but they still let him get to like 23, 24 minutes by playing him in garbage time. That looked like You know, they're kind of trying to ramp him up. I took that as a good sign. He played 21 minutes the next game. He played 16 and a half last game, did not play the second quarter, did not play the fourth quarter. They just keep going to basically a three-man rotation um, at center. Last game, it was actually Mo Wagner as the initial backup center, but then Goga to close both halves. Goga's been one of the better defensive players in the league. I don't think that this three-center rotation is actually, like, the long-term sustainable solution, but – with how Goga's played and the fact that they keep go they've gone to it for the first three games Carter's back. I think at least in the short term, you kind of have to just accept that they want to play all three of these guys. Yep. It sucks. When he inevitably smashes and plays like twice as many
1: minutes as we were expecting, it's going to be incredibly irritating.
0: Yeah. I just view it a lot of times in this spot, it would be like, I don't care. I'm playing Wendell Carter until it happens. Yeah. But that would be more if like he kept not playing minutes, but he was playing poorly and then like they were in blowouts. But yeah. the rotation was, or like Carter starts and then Mo Wagner comes in and plays great and just like stays in the rest of the half. If you were getting stuff like that, I'd be looking at it saying like, I don't care. He's 3% owned. This isn't sustainable. Eventually he's going to get there. The fact that they are consistently going to these three centers, the fact that Goga has been such a good defensive player and that they specifically brought him in to close each half last game. I just realized that. You know, yes, I don't think two months from now you're seeing the same center rotation. I think it works itself out, whether that's Carter playing at the four, whether that's Mo Wagner not getting minutes, whatever it may be. I think it works itself yeah. out eventually. But in the short term, I just don't really know how you get to it.
1: Same. Same. Very annoying. You can tell there's like no value on this slate that we're since we're getting 11% ownership to John Isaac and uh, who else? Dayron Sharp, you mentioned for the Brooklyn game. Like, we don't have a ton of real value right now. So uh, that'll be fun to discuss as we move
0: forward. Anything else from Orlando? No. I mean, anything you get to from a contrarian standpoint, you know, talking to real players is fine. It's a great matchup. Uh, You know, you mentioned Isaac getting some ownership. He's 4,100. That probably just kind of disappears by lock, but he is a good point-per-minute guy. You know, we haven't projected for 15 DraftKings points, 9% chance of being optimal. Certainly looks fine at the moment, just probably won't be that interesting by seven.
1: Your Washington Wizards are basically unowned on DraftKings. 3% to Gafford is the high mark. Uh, Denny is 5,400 on FanDuel. He's projected for 25% ownership. Very different play there. I think he stands out. I basically don't have Washington, and I don't really see anything that I'm trying to get to. Kuzma's like a direct pivot to Palo Banquero if that's a problem, but like I don't,
0: I'm good. Yeah, I don't see much of interest. It's not a good matchup. Orlando's one of the best defensive teams in the league. We know the Wizards suck. The only actual good NBA player on this team right now is Kuzma, and he's correctly priced. Uh, He's also, you know, obviously being a good NBA player uh, doesn't matter a ton for DFS necessarily, but he's also the only guy on this team that actually produces fantasy points. You know, Gafford is decent, but there's a million centers again at that price range. Uh, Whenever I get to Kuzma, when he's low owned, that's fine. You know, he's like a 1.25 DraftKings point per minute guy, but 1% ownership purely just a contrarian play Gafford at 6,300 has a ceiling at that price. But again, so does Durin. So does Claxton and, we're on game number two of the slate, so that kind of helps explain why Gafford's not a priority.
1: I don't have anything else to talk about your I'll crappy Wizards team. Uh, seems it, because they have no one on their injury to report. Yeah, I'll say I know we had him projected in. I did not project him in because I he's been gone for so long that I didn't think about it, but just add another body to this list of... Making shit harder
0: to get to for the yeah, wizards. that's I was saying. Like there have been some slates when we're short on value where you know getting to like Kispert or Koulibaly made some sense. But one, Kispert is fifty one hundred on DraftKings, and Koulibaly is sixty one hundred. Uh, Gallo is forty six hundred. Like even if Thelon Wright ends up not playing, those guys are essentially unplayable. But if lawn Wright's back, it just makes things worse. It probably hurts Tyus Jones a little bit potentially. Yeah. Like
1: Landry Shamit leaves the rotation again or something. I don't know. None of it's good. I have two shares of Kispert, one of Gaffert, and one of Kuzma, so it really didn't matter to me much.
0: I just finished my lineups, and I really hope this is just because it's the morning because these names at the top are terrible.
1: Names we've talked about already or
0: future names? future names. Okay,
1: we'll talk about them in a bit then. I got nothing else here for Washington. Me neither. Well, then it is time to talk about the schedule for the rest of the day, which is quite simple. NBA Deeper Dive coming up at 5 p.m. Myself and Adam will break this one down again. And then NBA Live Before Lock at 6 p.m. Taking you all the way up until 7. This is an NBA-specific day for you guys. I don't think there's any hockey. Uh, there's clearly not any NFL, to my knowledge, uh, today being a Tuesday. Get some soccer if you want to watch it. Liverpool's on at 12.30 if you guys are interested. I know I will be watching. But in terms of DFS coverage at Stochastic.com and the Stochastic YouTube channel, it is NBA-only we do though want you to use our avatar go to stochastic.com/avatar grab our logo use it at DraftKings FanDuel Owners Box Yahoo because if you do that and you finish in the top 3 of a contest with at least 5000 entries you could have 1 month of whatever you want at stochastic As long as you tweet that win at Stochastic HOF, we want to show it. We want to induct you into the Stochastic Hall of Fame. And to do that, you got to have our logo and you got to tweet it out. But $200 value for you to do this. It costs you nothing. You don't have to have a sub to us to use our logo, but you're going to get one after you do it if you pick up a win. So stochastic.com slash avatar. The Atlanta Hawks, one-and-a-half-point dogs in Chicago. Oh, my God, I have all of the Sadiq Bay. Atlanta Hawks, one-and-a-half-point dogs in Chicago, 233 total. Uh, Atlanta is very interesting now because it looks like we're getting Jalen Johnson back. He's questionable today. That was a hand injury, finger injury, whatever you want to say, so... Not lower body. You assume when you're questionable, you're probably just coming back. We also have a Q tag on Trey Young today. The trickle-down effect for that one is massive. But now we're getting Jalen Johnson back. We've also lost DeAndre Hunter for a while, who's going to be out for a couple of weeks. There's basically no ownership coming into this Atlanta team yet. This is a terrible matchup against Chicago from a pace perspective. They are 29th. I have a ton of 6K Sadiq Bay for right now. I assume it's just an early morning thing. But how
0: are you handling Atlanta? I'm not getting too much. I'm pretty much with the field here. Like I have six. It, if the slate started right now, I would have six Hawks in at least one lineup, but I wouldn't have out of, out of 150, but I wouldn't have any in more than eight of them. 5% mm-hmm. of Nekwo Okongwu would be my highest owned guy here. The field's at 5% there. I'm getting to 4% Trey Young, 3% Murray. Less than that on Bay Bogdanovich and Capella, uh, they just look pretty unappealing now. Assuming Jalen Johnson is back, you know, like you said, you have DeAndre Hunter out, but still, adding Johnson is a relatively high usage guy. It's somebody that I assume is just going to soak up minutes. And prices have come up on other players to where you know Sadiq Bay Bogdanovich, they're they're still playable, but they would look good a as well. They would look good if Jalen Johnson ends up not playing, but with Johnson back, I think he just cuts into them enough where. You know their secondary plays. If you get a little bit, that's fine. But it's just nothing I'm getting a lot of. Similarly, if Trey Young is out, 7,800 Dejounte Murray looks very good. And you know whatever combination of Bogdanovich Bay Johnson looks better as well. Jalen Johnson, 5,600 small forward, power forward on FanDuel. I think he stands out. I'm gonna, I'm going
1: to assume he just steps right back into the starting lineup, and it's was, him and Bay with the other
0: two. Yeah, I was going to say that's going to be pretty big for me from a minute standpoint. Like you said, it wasn't a lower body injury. If he just starts, I assume he's playing some something close to real minutes. If they bring him off the bench, I would be concerned. Yeah, I went twenty eight to Jalen Johnson, but I think Sadiq Bay is just going to continue to play the thirty six that he's been playing
1: uh, with Hunter out now. I don't. They don't seem to be like making that kind of change. He looks all right at six All all yeah. right enough to show up in forty nine percent of my lineups to start the morning.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's insane. But again, I've seen yep. him playing, so yeah.
1: Uh, it, oh, it's it feels very insane.
0: Now, if Trey is out. Obviously, we're going to be firing up a $7,800 DeJounte Murray in a big, big way. You say, obviously. Last time Trey was out, I played 2% Murray. So um, hmm. he he would How'd that go? like, <laughs> what'd you say? How'd that go? Uh, well, he scored like 40 fantasy points. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he would look like one of the clear top plays on the slate. I have no idea if I would be getting him today. Last time, yeah. it was it was just an ownership thing. Um, because the the problem you'll run into with him is there's always a lot of good 8K plays. There's always a lot of good guard plays. So if you're just getting 40% ownership to the 8K guy that projects the best, you still can find plenty of pivots. But uh, clearly, from a point-per-dollar standpoint, it would look like one of the best plays on the slate if Young is out. Uh, one now other the thing bull- to mention with Atlanta. Ooh, just go ahead. Um, You know, obviously Johnson coming back does affect the rotation, but we've seen pretty tight rotations here. They played eight guys last game. Um, We've generally seen Quinn Snyder run tight rotations. So that is nice just in terms of thinking through what the rotation is likely to look like if Jalen Johnson's back. Obviously he's a, he's going to cut into player other guys production more than, you know, Garrison Matthews, Wesley Matthews, Seth Lundy guys like that. But uh, the fact that we've seen pretty tight rotations, I don't expect them to just expand the rotation. I think he just takes minutes from the, other peripheral guys
1: the chicago side has still no tory craig no zach levine but we do have a q tag on vooch which is very important because andre drummond is forty seven hundred today that's cheaper than dayron sharp uh he'll be in everything if vooch happens to be ruled out uh lots of ownership coming into chicago no surprise there atlanta 27th defensively fifth in pace 25 percent ownership to caruso 25 to patrick williams 20, 15 to 20 to Vooch, DeRozan, and Kobe White. Another 15 to Dalen Terry, which I thought was a joke when I ran my crunch this morning and he showed up in my optimal lineup. And then uh, that became a little bit more realistic. Now, Now, do I think that exists when we get to lock? Absolutely not. But we'll talk about it for right now. What are you getting from Chicago? I assume you're getting a bunch.
0: Nine different players. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have 30- four,
1: but... All four of them are in at least
0: 22%. 31% Patrick Williams would be my second highest owned player if the slate started right now. He was one of the guys I was referring to as, like, my God, I hope this doesn't happen. But at the same time, I get it. He's getting 26% ownership, 21.5% chance of being optimal. Played about 35 minutes last game. Good matchup against Atlanta. Not a lot of value on the slate. So it's easy to fit him into lineups. I understand why he's showing up. I just. Hope it looks different by the time this slate starts. Um, I'm getting to a lot of vooch right now, getting to 26% of him fields at 16%. So I'm a bit over there. He's eight K very, very happy to get there. Um, if he plays, if he doesn't, then obviously a $4,700 starts to look like arguably the best play on the slate. And, you know, DeRozan would look better. White would look better. I'm getting to 25% Javon Carter right now. That just has to go away. That's with like Not a, a 17- big Dalen Terry guy, I guess. I have 10% or 9% of him too. Um, That, I mean, those those are just going to go away. That's in like 17 minutes of Javon Carter. It's like a 12 fantasy point projection, I think. That's just not going to hold. So I think that can pretty much be thrown away. But 17% the Rosen, 15 or 14% Caruso, 10% White. The Bulls look really good here. It's just a matter of who is playing and how much value opens up elsewhere on the slate. I'm two xing
1: Patrick Williams and Alex Caruso right now, which is, like, not at all the way that I want to do this because is going to play 19 minutes in that case.
0: Right. I'll say, I guess, I mean, I'm under on Caruso. I have 14%, so I'm in line with the optimal percentage, uh, just not with the field. Same goes for Kobe White, who the field right now getting to 18%. I have 10. I've been playing a lot of Kobe White recently, but it's been when he's yeah. low-owned. I guess, you know, that's probably... It's the same thing I was just saying about DeJounte Murray if Trey Young were out. $7,800 Kobe White in this spot looks... Fine. He's playing huge minutes. He's shooting better uh this year, but there's just no shortage of point guards and there's no shortage of guys around AK that you can play. So I think that's probably why I'm getting a little bit less than the field. But overall, I'm getting to this team a ton. It just ends up being, you know, which guys is it by the time we get the lock?
1: Yeah. The, Chicago is going to look good regardless because of the matchup. And if Vuch ends up out, well, I mean, we're probably playing like 80%
0: Andre Drummond type stuff today. Right. If, if Vooch ends up being out, assuming Drummond starts, he's about as good as it can get.
1: Yeah, uh, do you think that we should be crossing out everybody projected for less than twenty-five fantasy points? No, no, not not the way that you would go about this. I would not. No. Okay, just checking.
0: I, I do agree. So I don't know if this is what he's getting at. Um, the overall point of like point per dollar in tournaments obviously matters, but not in the way that most people think. Yes, like. I can remember back in like 2016 being at a live final, having this conversation with people where it was not the consensus, consensus opinion. And now I think it is by, you know, smart people, at least like if you knew for, for tournaments, like if you knew that a player didn't score 30 DraftKings points, you just wouldn't play them. Correct. I like, I was always my take and on most slates, you know, when people are like, Oh no, but you know, if they seven X, they seven X. And it's like, yeah, you got 20 points. That doesn't matter. The spot's too valuable. Um, yep. So like if that was the point, yeah. But like just because of the way projections work, you shouldn't just be taking everybody out. You should be using their projection and then factoring in their volatility and determining how often they score the points that you need is what you should be doing. Yeah.
1: Well, if you're projected for 25 fantasy points, it's really important to know what the salary is for that player. Because that too, if it's
0: yeah. 3K, then you shouldn't cross them out. And right. if it's 9K, then you should. Right. But like even that, if... And, and this is probably on the extreme end. And, but like if he's 3K and you know for a fact he gets 25 DraftKings points, it's probably pretty borderline whether you should ever play him. Yeah, that, that, that one then comes down to slate size. Right. On but a 12-gamer, projections... you're probably running away
1: from it. On a 4-gamer, you're probably playing a
0: lot of it. Right. But that's the thing is the projection is, you know, basically your 50th percentile outcome. If you tell me yeah. a 3K guy is going over 25 points 50% of the time, um, I'm playing a lot of them. Yep. Correct. The Indiana Pacers, who we will not be able
1: to talk about totally the way that we want to, because Bruce Brown was ruled out the moment we started this show. Makes perfect sense at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Uh, But they are three and a half point dogs in Houston, 237 total. Terrible spot for Indy. This is the number five defense and a bottom 10 pace. But we do have around 15% ownership to Buddy Heald and Jalen Smith. Uh, which we could have that conversation in a second. And then uh, a little bit of scattered ownership to OB Toppin, and miles Turner. Uh, not too much else going on here. Very hard to get to Halliburton uh, right now. What do you want to do here with
0: Indy? How are you feeling about the
1: center rotation for the Indiana Pacers?
0: Um, how am I feeling about the center rotation? Yeah. Well, I'm getting to Jalen Smith. So there's that. Um, so last I'm game, 29 minutes for Turner. 14 and a half for Smith. Isaiah Jackson didn't play in the second half, played six in the first half. I mean, it looks good for Jalen Smith based on how the last game went. That doesn't necessarily have to carry forward, but I don't really know how else to project it at this point. Um, So we have $4,100 Jalen Smith projected for 18 and a half DraftKings points, 18% ownership, 17% chance of being optimal. I'd have 25% if the slate started right now. That's just another example of chances are I'm not playing 25% center only Jalen Smith by lock. But with the... Current value that we have, uh, it looks fine. Um, he's my highest owned guy from Indiana right now. I'm getting to 17% healed, 17% Turner at 8% owned, $7,000 $7, price tag, 13% Neesmith at $5,200. Uh, he certainly should look better without Bruce Brown. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm getting to, I'm actually getting to a lot more Indiana than I expected given how bad this matchup is.
1: Yeah, I'm not really, but I don't know. Like when we remove Bruce Brown, who who's the biggest. Who gets the big, biggest benefit here? We saw Nemhard obviously play a bajillion minutes last time out. You
0: said if you said with Brown out,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, like, are we going to be projecting Andrew Nemhard for thirty minutes?
0: Right, I was just say I'm. I'm wondering, does Nemhard start or does? Um, uh, yeah, I guess it would be Nemhard. I mean, it looks Look, like he did last time. Yeah, he, he did. He did. But I was, yeah, I was thinking it could have been Neesmith, but, um yeah, I mean, I assume it's Nemhard here. Neesmith still played 27, 28 minutes last game. The guy that lost minutes was Math only played 16. I think you could certainly see him cut into Nemhard. I would think projecting like 28 minutes or so for Nemhard makes more sense than 36. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, 30, 36 isn't happening. It's just very interesting. I mean, he played the entire third quarter. Might as well have played the entire fourth quarter. Like, got real rotations.
0: Like, I yeah. don't Like, I, I probably play some of him at 5K, assuming he's starting. But... The Like, the problem is, too, he's replacing Bruce Brown. He's not replacing Tyrese Halliburton.
1: Right. Yeah, I have 14% Turner, 13% Smith, very little amounts of Obi Toppin and Buddy Heald.
0: Yeah. I I have, like I said, I have a good amount of heal. I'm a little over the field right now. 6,100 shooting guard, small forward. The position and salary are nice. I just assume by lock I've found other things than... A sixty-one hundred dollar healed against Houston, but at the same time, you know, I mentioned I'm getting thirty around thirty percent on Patrick Williams at fifty-seven hundred. I think it's just that right now that price tag is really, really useful in round the out lineups. Agreed. The Houston this, this side team, of this. Like we, when we talked about the Bulls, I'm getting a lot of the Bulls. I'm pretty sure I'll have a lot of the Bulls at lock. It's just a matter of which ones I have. Right now, I'm getting yeah. a lot of Indiana. I wouldn't even be surprised if I lock. I just barely have Indiana.
1: I have a little bit of one particular player from Houston, which this is like the most staggering exposure that I've that you and I have seen on a morning show at this point for someone that isn't getting much ownership. Ten uh, percent ownership to Tari Eason, around ten to Jabari Smith, ten to Alperin Shingun. Houston has a Q tag on Tari Eason for today. Incredible matchup against Indy, worst defense, top five pace team. Do you have ninety four percent, Dylan Brooks? No, I knew that was going to be who your guy was, but uh, I have two. Okay, that's slightly different. We're you're going to zig while I zag, I guess. No idea. I mean, what, I'm kind I mean, of surprised. I know what's like,
0: causing it, but I, I, I'm kind of surprised I only have two. Just because he's shooting guard, small forward, fifty four hundred playing the Pacers and yeah. low owned. It seems like the kind of guy that on this the way the slate looks right now that I would be playing, you know, over the field. But I'm not. Yeah. Um, Ninety four seems aggressive and like something that yeah. is absolutely not going to hold. Correct. Not going to have that much, but I do like him at 4% owned in this matchup. Like this
1: is a great spot to me for Dylan Brooks. I already took Dylan Brooks's over on my prize picks video. So I feel a little bit better there. It's really hard. Like, I don't think that anybody immediately stands out for Houston, but it's pretty easy to want to get to whatever you can.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Shangoon would be my highest owned guy right now at 17%. Fields at 10. Absolutely love that if I can get to it center only 8,700, obviously high opportunity cost, but very good point per minute guy in a very good matchup against Indiana. Van Vliet's my second guy at 15%, again, playing huge minutes, $8,400 price tag, five and a half percent owned. That's the kind of guy where, not saying that he's better than DeJounte Murray if Trey Young were out, but that's the kind of guy where, you know, if DeJounte Murray just starts getting 40, 50 percent ownership and Fred Van Vliet sitting there at four percent for six hundred dollars yeah. more. Just give me some Van Vliet at the expense of Murray and I'll take my chances. Um, happy to get to whatever Van Vliet I can. Like I said, right now, um, getting around three X the field would be very happy with that based on the matchup and playing time. Um, even with the field on Jabari Smith, we we finally saw for the first time in a while um, a yeah. game where Tari Eason was in. And Jabari Smith still played real minutes because remember Tari Eason had missed a couple of games. And so Jabari Smith played huge minutes in those games in the previous games when Eason had been in, you got some foul trouble for Smith. You got Eason playing really well and Smith's just not coming back. And you and I had talked about it, that it had sort of led the industry as the industry in general to just way over project Tari Eason in terms of minutes and ignore that he really wasn't playing many minutes alongside Smith. And it was tough. It's tough for him to get those minutes if nothing goes wrong with somebody ahead of him last game, 20 minutes for Easton 37 for Smith. So they played around nine minutes next to each other, Um, you know, and obviously they can play next to each other, but the easiest path to Easton playing a lot of minutes is something going wrong with Smith. And so we did, you know, kind of see that play out. Easton's getting 10% ownership. I have 10%. So uh, I'm I'm even with the field on both of those guys, I probably don't really want them together. I don't know that you necessarily have to set that rule because it doesn't have to be Jabari Smith. Like if Shangoon gets in foul trouble, you're probably getting extra minutes for Easton. Um, he can, you know if Brooks gets in foul trouble, maybe you're getting extra minutes for Eason. I'm not as confident in that one, but the price tag did come down a little bit too. So, but Smith and Eason, both interesting, just from a really good matchup, and one of them probably plays more minutes than they're projected or than they're priced for. Type thing. Like, if we knew Jabari Smith was going to just play thirty-seven minutes, he'd be more than seventy-one hundred dollars. And if we knew yeah. that Tari Easton was going to play twenty-seven minutes, he'd definitely be more than fifty-six hundred. So that volatility makes them sort of interesting in tournaments. Although the ownership is also there to counteract it. Um, other than that, I'm not getting. I'm just getting small amounts of uh, Thompson, Green, Brooks, Tate, other Green. Um, but Shingun and have Lee are the guys I'm getting the most right now, and I'm over the field on them. Would I hope that carries over because I do really like that. Yeah.
1: I would really like to trim a little bit of my Dylan Brooks, but other than that, I, th- I, th- I should be fine. I don't think 94 needs to be maintained by the time we get to lock. Memphis Grizzlies. Five point dogs in New Orleans, 228 total. This one, giant pain in the ass. Uh so Marcus Smart's questionable. We're slowly getting this Memphis team back to like full as full of strength as they're ever going to be. John Conchar available. No ownership coming into Memphis. 8% to Santi Aldama is the high mark. I have 28 right now. I only gave him 24 minutes, but um, I think it's just one of those situations where we don't have value. I really don't find much much of this interesting for Memphis. Whether Marcus Smart starts, doesn't start, whatever. Any Bane, Morant, Jackson I get, I'm cool with. I just don't think they're going to look all that great. 228 total in this one, second lowest on the slate.
0: Yeah, we're pretty much on the same page. I have 14, 15% Aldama right now. That's only in like 23 minutes. It's yeah. just the function of he's low-owned, he's $4,700. There's just going to be better stuff that opens up by lock, so um, I don't really think that carries over. I'm getting to 9% Bane, 8,200 shooting guard small forward. Like you said, whatever Desmond Bane you get to, whatever Morant, whatever Jackson... They all are fine. Um, Bain's price tag has come down. The positional eligibility is nice. Jaron Jackson's down to 7,400. Certainly gives you plenty of upside, but um, I only have 2% of him along with the field. Jaws up to 9,800. He's playing big minutes, but there's just so many good point guards, so many good players in general You know that are going to be in that price range that it's tough to prioritize him there. Um, of the three main guys, I think Bain's the easiest one to get to. Yeah, that shooting guard small forward will certainly
1: help you out. I wanted to mention this earlier, by the way. Uh, Interesting slate at the top. No Jokic, no Embiid, no Doncic, no Giannis. The four best, like, per-minute dudes that exist and established in the league. Not on this slate. Uh, Nor Anthony Davis,
0: who was also up there quite a bit. Uh, But we do have our boy Victor Wembinyama, who we'll talk about in a a little bit. Uh, one other note on Desmond Bain. I don't know exactly how this will play out, but it is something to keep in mind. Um, Smart coming back is certainly just going to muddy this rotation. And the the guys that take the biggest hit are going to be these fringe guys. the uh, yeah. Williams is, Conchar, potentially Aldama. Just, you know, you're going to see a lot. You can see Memphis play a lot of different lineups and potentially cut into their minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a bigger than expected drop in production for Desmond Bain. He's <laughs> been staggered with Morant, and we know that he takes on a big playmaking role when Morant's not on the floor. I don't know what the rotation will look like. I also don't know who actually has the ball in their hands in this situation. There's a good chance that they run Smart and Bane with that second unit. And if Smart still want the ball in his hands, Bane's still good, but th- there is the chance that you really see a cut in playmaking production from Bane. Uh
1: and like I, like we mentioned Smart uh is questionable left foot sprain and he's been out for ages. I'd be very
0: surprised if he started today. I assume this is gonna—they're gonna like work him back a little bit, but yeah, uh, eventually the starting lineup I assume is Morant, Smart, Bain, Jackson, Center.
1: Probably, yeah. I mean, that could also be Aldama, Jackson, or
0: you're right. Yeah, I I was gonna say or Jackson. Yeah, I I was gonna say. I I feel like in like a postseason matchup, it would probably be Jackson at the five. I don't know that they're looking to go there. Although for them, every game at this point is kind of a playoff game. Yeah.
1: Uh, I got nothing else for Memphis. Me neither. Doubtful tag on Larry Nance. Q tag on Cody Zeller. 15% ownership coming into a $7,700 Zion. Like 5 to 10 coming into Ingram, McCollum, Daniels, Jones, Joval, Alvarado. The whole damn team is getting a staggered amount of ownership. I don't really love this spot for New Orleans all that much. Memphis might have been bad with Jaw out, but their defense was solid enough. I have a little bit of some of these Pels guys
0: happy to get to Ingram McCollum and Joe or Zion if I can, but not all that appealing. Yeah. I mean, my highest on one right now is Alvarado. I have 16%. Um, so once go. again, getting to a guy that played 10 minutes last game in a lot of lineups, but it's just going to disappear. The field's at 10% right now too. He's, we have him projected for 13 DraftKings points. It's what he opens up, but you're just going to have yeah. better value options by the time we get to lock. So I think we can pretty much ignore that one. Joe Val's the real player I'm getting the most of. Uh, 15% of him at 7,300, 9% ownership. So playing similar amounts of him as I was Miles Turner, as I was Shane Goon. I like getting to all these guys when they're you know sub 10% owned, just the ceiling that they give you. Obviously he'll look a little bit better if Seller and Nance are out uh, just from a playing time standpoint. But... Don't mind getting to Joe Val there. Other than that, I'm sub 10% on everybody. 7% McCollum, 7% Zion, 2% Ingram, 4% Herb Jones. I don't think this team really stands out, but they do obviously have you know high upside players. Joe Val probably the one I get to first. I do like the positional eligibility on Ingram, shooting guard, small forward, 8k. Uh, but like I said, not really getting much of him right now. I, I am curious too. I, I assume Memphis is gonna start playing at a faster pace with Morant. You would think.
1: That would make it would make sense, yeah. at least to me.
0: I don't know if that's the case, but yeah, I, mean, I, I know I know their beat writers have tweeted basically that Memphis wants to get out and run. They just sort of didn't have the personnel to do it. So it's not like they're intentionally playing slow. I I assume this ends up not from a defensive standpoint necessarily, but just from a pace standpoint, ends up being a better matchup rest of the season than it has been to date.
1: Anything else for Memphis and New Orleans? No. All right, folks. Last chance. Last chance. I'm going to let you know now. In, call it 15 minutes, we're going to talk about the promo that's going on today. And if you don't use it today, you're not going to use it. But for right now, we got to talk a little bit about Prize Picks, presenting sponsor of this show. Make a deposit. They will match that deposit up to $100. I've got a prize picks video that comes out Monday through Friday. You could also use Odd Shopper if you're looking for more plays. If you're looking to take a market-based approach to beating prize picks, you can get expected value and expected win rates there. My recommendation is to just watch my video and win. Like I said, we won yesterday. We won on Friday. We win a lot. It happens. We went a little cold like a week and a half ago long behind us watch the prize picks video on the odd shopper channel watch the rest of the content on odd shopper if you're looking for more plays you'll get a little bit more on the football side that's not me i'm on the nba streets but all i want you guys to do is sign up for prize picks using the link in the description click that link sign up get yourself up to 100 on that first deposit fantastic game here minnesota timberwolves three and a half point dogs in oklahoma city 226 total Wolves have a Q tag on Karl-Anthony Towns, which will have a big trickle-down effect. Uh, OKC, Q tag on Giddy and Jalen Williams without the Y. Huge trickle-down effect for how that plays out. In particular, Shea Gilgis-Alexander gets a biggity-biggity-big bump if Jalen Williams happens to be out, which most people will never talk about other than you and I. Uh, No ownership. Yeah, it's so big. Nobody's really owning Minnesota here. That will
0: change if Towns is out. But if he's in, these guys are all priced where they should be. Yeah, not getting much of anything here. Uh, Ant, 3% is my highest-owned guy. Clearly, you see Ant in your lineup, you're happy. But 9,600, shooting guard only, very, very difficult to get to. Towns is up to 8,800. Gobert is up to 7,900. Really tough to get to anything from this team with any sort of frequency. What happens if Towns is out? Um nothing i mean like nas reed looks better kyle anderson looks better ant looks better but they're all so expensive already yeah
1: yeah like 9600 for shooting guard only ant isn't gonna help out 6400 for nas reed like it's not a lot of not a lot we're squeezing out there does it become just how much can we get to kyle anderson at
0: 5500 yeah but it's still kyle anderson at 5500 i think that if towns is out it most likely goes from this team is borderline unplayable to Ant, McDaniels, Reed, Anderson, Alexander Walker. All are just like secondary options that you can kind of get to. The OKC side up. Sorry, I don't think there ends up being one guy though where it's just like, oh, this guy's way underpriced now. It's more like, yeah, he could get there. Let's play a little bit. The OKC side is basically the same thing right
1: now, but could change dramatically depending on how that news changes. So I don't really have anything all that interesting for OKC if they're at full strength. Give me any one of those main starter dudes and I'm going to be OK with it. If we can get to 10-5 Shea, reminder, I just got done telling you guys that all of the main high point per dollar or point per minute guys aren't playing today. If Jalen Williams is out, I'm going to end up with a ton of Shea. I assume he'll end up being probably the highest projected guy on today's slate. I'm going to love that after that. Good luck picking the rotation.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right now with Jalen Williams projected in, I'm actually getting 17% chat okay. as my only guy from this team in double digits, another center in that seven to eight K range that I'm just getting over the field on not a great matchup, but obviously I'm not going to be upset about getting to him at low ownership. Um, Perfectly fine with me. Other than that, though, 5% SGA for me, field at 5%. He's fine if Jalen Williams is in. He's still a very good point per minute guy. Uh playing big minutes, matchup sucks. But, yeah. you know, getting to him where you can is fine. He becomes a much bigger priority if Jalen Williams is out. Um, like you said, it kind of gets slept on, but this is last year, it's been this year. Without Jalen Williams on the floor, Shea becomes an entirely different player from a fantasy standpoint. Um, yeah. I am in the process of pulling up those numbers. But off the top of my head, I think it's like, He's like one and a half fantasy points per minute overall. He's like one point four with Jalen specifically on the floor, and he's like one point seven with him off.
1: Yeah, it's it's insane, and I think it'll also improve. It like if Giddy is out as well, if that means more minutes for like Isaiah Joe, that's right. just going to be better for
0: Shea getting to the hoop. Like offensively, that will be a help. For sorry, Shea as I undersold well. him. Four hundred and eleven minutes this year without Jalen Williams on the floor. One point eight DraftKings points per minute. So, yeah. um, you know, Jalen Williams being out just turns SGA into Nikola Jokic. I would like that news to happen at 701 because I don't think as many people will get to Shea at that point and I will like mortgage my future to get to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I always like I hate late swapping, but I also agree with you. Um since yeah. the start of last season, he has played 1,406 minutes without Jalen Williams, 1.6 DraftKings points per minute in those minutes. Um for comparison, I'm pulling it up with Jalen Williams on, but I think it's like one point three. Sorry, 1.44 with Jalen Williams on, 1.6 with him off.
1: We're going to be getting to a the lot there.
0: And like you said, if Josh Giddy's out, it just becomes even more.
1: Yeah. Hard to say what else we should be doing here. Like you're going to feel a lot better about Dort if Giddy is out. You know, someone is probably going to look significantly better, whether that's Isaiah Joe or Casey Wallace. If you get Giddy out along with Jalen Williams, we're gonna free up some sort of value. I mean, we were talking about Dalen Terry, you were talking about Javon Carter earlier. We could like replace those guys with dudes on the thunder. You're just gonna have no confidence with it
0: unless you're getting SGA, Dort to a degree, or Chet. Right. Yeah, I mean, we know that uh you can take guys out here and the rotation is just gonna be impossible to predict, but there's at least opportunities. Um in the complete games that SGA has played with and without Jalen Williams since the start of last year Uh, with Williams, 1.44 DraftKings points per minute, 32.9% usage rate, uh, 26.7% assist percentage. He's played seven full games without Williams Um, points per minute jumps to 1.53. So around a tenth of a fantasy point per minute. But usage rate goes from 32.9 to 34.1, while assist percentage goes from 26, whatever I said, to 34.1. So uh, you do get a bump in both of those categories. So you see that on average his production goes up, but then you're also being told that the ceiling becomes a lot higher because he's getting more opportunities as well.
1: Anything else for OKC? Nope. The Utah Jazz are a pain in the ass, but that makes it easier today. Uh, 3% ownership to Laurie Markinen and John Collins. They're the highest marks that you get on DraftKings. Keontae George questionable. Talon Horton Tucker questionable. Jordan Clarkson is back. It's possible we get Keontae George back. So this is kind of like a full-strength Utah team. They're unowned. And assuming Keontae George and Talon Horton Tucker are able to play today, I would like to get to basically none of the Utah Jazz, even in an incredible matchup against the Spurs.
0: Yeah, pretty much all I have is 5% John Collins at 6,300. Um, he's projected for 3% ownership, 5% chance of being optimal. So I'm in line with the optimal percentage. Other than that, I have one lineup with Keontae George, one with Lowry Markin. Uh, yeah. Don't think there's much to see here, but that price tag on Collins does look decent in tournaments. Yeah, like
1: even if George is out, like Sexton 7K, you're not doing that. Sex style. Like I don't think Clarkson's going to look all that great. I don't really think you can go to Utah, no matter how that news breaks. You can go to San Antonio, though. Now, this one I don't hate as much. I have a comparable Dylan Brooks stand on our boy Wemby at 2% owned. I have 57, but that one I would like to keep. You would not like to keep it, or Never. you don't have it? Uh, both. You don't both. want to keep Wemby? I don't think he's playing full minutes. Interesting. Let's have that conversation. Uh, 32% ownership coming into Jeremy Sohan. I definitely don't want that. Uh, 13% ownership coming into Malachi Branham. Apparently, that's where I would rather go. Sick. Uh, great spot. Bad. Two bad defenses, fast enough teams. Let's start with Wemby, though. Uh, he's missed what? Three out of the last four and played 20 minutes in the other one that was incredibly frustrating. You don't think he's going to? How much? Are you, what are you willing to project him for? 26. Ooh, okay. Okay. See, I went thirty. I tried to be not like optimistic. It still gets me to him, but let's have the conversation. Uh, we have do
0: him you at think twenty-four. That's just a half. today
1: thing or a moving forward thing?
0: It's a today thing. They they announced before last game he was going to still be on a minutes limit, and then he got ruled out after lock because he rolled his ankle on a ball boy in warmups. Um, yeah. But that. and and now keep in mind this is pop. So when that. It, it came out that he was so, so it came out after the game he played where he played like 22 minutes or whatever in his after missing a game or two, whatever it was. Um, it came out after that game that he had been on a minutes limit in that game. Then prior to the last game when he was announced as a starter, they said he was still going to be on a minutes limit. Then he ends up missing the game. Sure, he could just go out there and play normal minutes. I have no confidence that's happening.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they did run the weird rotation with him just playing the start of the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they said after the game
0: that because like I didn't know what to make of that because it seemed really weird for them to limit him there. Um, but they did yeah. say after the game that it was by design he was limited. And then, again, the assumption last game was that he was back and starting. They said he is still limited. So, yes, there was a chance that that was just going to, as usual, be Pop saying random shit and then doing the opposite. But yeah. we didn't get to see that, so... I don't have I, – I can't really operate under the assumption that he's not limited at this point. Oh, that's not fun. The that's nice thing fun. is he's just not going to get ownership.
1: Yes. Whatever so stand
0: you take is going to work. Well, it's – like if he does just go play 32 minutes, you're going to be pissed off because he's 2% owned Then you wish you had him. But yeah. chances are it's not going to affect the outcome of the slate.
1: So what do you want to do with the rest of the San Antonio team that's actually getting some ownership? Uh, That 32% to Jeremy Sohan feels insane.
0: Yeah, so this was one where I think it's going to change by lock for me. Um, This team is getting ownership. I think I will get to them. Right now, I'm only getting 15% Sohan. Fields at 32. Point guard, small forward, 6K. Position's nice. Salary's fine. Matchup is fine. Probably just going a little bit over-owned. The guy for me that I'm just not – or. Probably not going to be getting. I'm getting to 36% Champagne right now. But this is a spot where he's projected for two percent ownership with a 12% chance of being optimal. He came here, he started last game, played 21 and a half minutes, but a lot of that was the fourth quarter. He played the entire fourth quarter, played through garbage time. I don't think he ends up being anything here unless like Wemby is out and maybe somebody else ends up being out. I don't really know how he ends up being a thing. So I think that changes for me. Um, I'm getting to 16% Vassell, Fields at 13%. That seems perfectly fine. 10% Branham, 10% Trey Jones. Like, those seem okay. But the Champagne piece that I'm getting to the most, I don't think holds up. I definitely am happy that I have
1: all of this Dylan Brooks at a slightly cheaper price tag than Chuck Jeremy Sohan. Sure. Like... If those guys are going to be 8-1 to one in ownership, I'll take the other side against
0: the Pacers, but maybe not 90-something percent of it. Yeah, but... I'll say, I don't know that I would want to stand that extreme. I view it as yeah. if I have a chalky lineup, I can play Dylan Brooks over Sohan. I think Sohan agreed. is the better play.
1: Yeah, agreed. Completely agree. All right, you're going to make... I'm just going to have to pay very close attention to Victor Wimpanyama because I, I went the 30 minutes and clearly got him everywhere. Because I have him projected for 1.73 fantasy points per minute in this matchup against the Utah Jazz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, and John John P is right. He said when he tweaked it in the warm-up, he was walking perfectly fine. Pop is ultra tight in their quest to out tank the pistons. He came back after so um he rolled it on the ball boy. He kept warming up for another like minute, went to the locker room, was clearly really annoyed. He came back and was throwing down dunks. And then yeah. got ruled out. <laughs> well, he rolled it in that game like a week ago
1: or whatever it right. was, and was like basically okay for it in the grand scheme of things. Uh, he's they, they and they started putting out the stories and stuff of like how limber he is and how like how much dexterity he has in his joints. Like this dude can like fold himself in half like a piece of paper.
0: Right, and all of this is making me very uncomfortable giving him minutes because they were clearly just th- from what they were doing. Like the fact that he they limited him in that. They basically held him out as a precaution, brought him back and limited him. It wasn't a physical thing. I think he could have played more minutes physically. They just didn't want to play him more minutes. Then yeah. the next game, they say he's going to be limited. Again, I don't think it was a physical thing. I think they just didn't want to play him more minutes. And then he ends up missing that game because he rolls his ankle again. Like, I just, could he play real minutes? Sure. I They've done nothing to suggest that that is what they are going to do. Do you realize that, this little blip for Wemby is going
1: to result in his price dropping to like eight K and you and I are going to take a shot on him playing minutes, like January 7th at 7,900 power forward center. And it's like, by the way, he and we, and we both have a hundred percent of Wemby. He's projected for 7% ownership. Good luck. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That that probably will happen. I hope it does. Um, I'd like to get rid of my 31% Malachi Branham, but uh, DraftKings softened up that pricing for Christmas. They ended that shit real quickly because they are over it now. Everybody is back to where they're supposed to be. Yep. Well, kind of. Um, We have named a lot of garbage dudes that are getting 10% ownership today.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I I was going to say, like, Halliburton's 10 4. He had been up over 11K, but also you could argue that he shouldn't have been over 11K. So they kind of just. He was priced correctly at that moment for what he was doing. It is just like the
1: shine came off of it a little bit. Right. Now he's back to just being priced like SGA, which is where he should be. Exactly. Yeah, that when, when he was just getting 15 assists every night and nuking everybody and shooting 50% from three, they had to boost it a little bit. <laughs> I like that it came back down. Hell of a game, though. This is like the San Antonio side is going to be a real problem. The only thing that's not a problem is the holiday promo code. Today is the final day. If you want 25% off anything at Stochastic, whatever package you choose Sims, lineup generator, NBA, NFL, hockey. Uh, you're getting projections and ownership and boom bust. It's 25% off across the board. The promo code is HOLIDAY. Any week package, monthly package, whatever it is. We're not going to be running another promo for a while. We've been running a bunch of them as of late for the starts of the season. Short Gamer hitting the Millie. We had Cyber Monday. If you were looking to get in too stochastic, you will not find a better time to do it than right now unless one of like Adam and I win the Millie tonight. then we're running another promo promo code josh for sure oh we definitely don't want promo code adam it's going to be very interesting to run a promo for adam when he no longer works here
0: oh if i win the millie,
1: yeah (laughs) promo code ship my money is an independent contractor promo code adam's on a beach yeah probably probably Anyway, sign up with the promo code HOLIDAY. I mean this sincerely. You're not going to find a better deal right now. 25% off whichever package you choose. If you've been looking to sign up with us, now's the time to do so. Sacramento Kings are seven and a half point favorites in Portland. 236 total. No ownership coming into Sacramento. Shout out to FanDuel, who dropped both 10 o'clock games tonight uh, from their slate. So they went seven games, ending it at 8 o'clock. Is that my favorite way to do this one? No, but given the two and two and a half hour gap between the two, I don't think it's outlandish. Uh, I'm more mad at DraftKings for not having a really good 8 p.m. turbo slate considering we have five games. They uh, didn't do that. They went to the two game uh, night slate anyway. Barely any ownership coming into Sacramento. Makes sense. Play Fox, play Sabonis, ignore most of it. Q tag on Monk.
0: Yeah, uh, it's... Pretty much how I see it. I'm getting 19% Sabonis, which I am more than happy with if I can make that yeah. work. Uh, it's, you know, again, there's opportunity cost at the position, but I'm getting over the field. Uh, I'm glad to see that we are back to me having 100 center spots on DraftKings. I think I've been over the field on every center we've talked about. Um, you are. But yeah, happy to get there if I can. I'm getting the 13% Monk. That shouldn't surprise anybody who has watched this show. Pretty much always <laughs> happens, especially in the morning. By lot, it goes away because other stuff opens up. But with what we have available right now, if I'm going to play 13% of a 3% owned $6,300 Malik Monk, I have no problem with that. He yeah. does give you a nice ceiling. I'm getting the 7% Fox, which is around 2X the field. And then just shit, I have 7% of $3,400 of a projected for 10 points. That goes away. Uh, But, yeah, if I can get the Sabonis, Fox, Monk, I'm cool with any of those guys. Uh,
1: I don't have anything else to add. Sacramento's like the easiest team in the league to talk about when they're at full strength.
0: I really don't le- think that I've string. been under on... So, I only have 5% Claxton. But still, I'm trying yeah. to figure out where I actually am getting all of the center stuff from.
1: Craziness. Okay, I've... 23% of a 0% owned Scoot Henderson. That should be fun. Uh, don't know how that's happening. Yeah, I've Uh Zach Collins. Nope, that's the Spurs. Wrong team. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, questionable. Shaden Sharp, questionable. Those two things will matter. 10 to 15% ownership on Anthony Simons, DeAndre Ayton, and Tumani Kamara. Uh, so that's what this slate looks like. Yep. I've got 23% Scoot at a price tag that I don't even think he deserves. Uh, Jeremy Grant, I have 13% of. I have 23% of. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. I am getting to a little bit of Anthony Simons. I
0: like pieces of Portland in this matchup, but maybe not the ones I got. Yeah, I'm basically getting to three guys and it's the same three as the field. I'm getting to 18% Kamara. He's pulling 12% ownership. I don't want it, but he's 4,100, small forward, power forward. The minutes should be there. The production probably won't be, but you know, unless or until stuff opens up, he's just going to show up as a decent value play that gets you other things. I'm getting to 16% Simons, 13% Aiton. Fields at 11% on Simons, 17% on Aiton. So I basically flipped those two guys, different positions, different price tags. Don't really have anything to do with each other. just worked out that way. Um, But yeah, so I'm I'm a little bit under the field on Aiton here, but pretty much in line. Uh, I'm over the field on Simons. Matchup looks fine. Ownership looks fine. They just look like solid enough plays for what they are I'm not getting much of anything else I would have one lineup with Jeremy Grant and that's it
1: if Sharp is out
0: it does open some stuff up Uh, we of course got the huge Malcolm Brogdon game one game after I played like 80 something percent of him on the night slate and he scored like 12 Um, 7500 he started he played 37 minutes if Sharp's out he looks fine Simons looks better the peripheral wings look better
1: you ready to close this one out? This yep. one won't be hard. Charlotte Hornets have a Q tag on Brandon Miller and a, once again, doubtful tag on Mark Williams. Uh, the Clippers have a Q tag on Kawhi Leonard. The only guy getting any ownership for Charlotte is the guy that we don't know is playing. That would be Brandon Miller. 5,800 shooting guard, small forward, 20% owed. Completely warranted to me based on that price and positionality. I did get a little bit of Nick Richards, but nothing special.
0: Uh, these guys just are sort of the same thing we always talk about. Welcome back, Cody Martin, by the way. Yeah, um, he's actually kind of interesting. He? he played 17 yeah. minutes last game. He's 3,500. Interesting in the sense that until value opens up, he's kind of interesting. Probably doesn't end up actually being interesting, but uh, he's... Project- Miller is out, that starts to get very intriguing. Yeah. But I just don't know how much he could play. Right. Uh, he's projected for 3% ownership. He played 17 minutes last game, like I said. Uh, if the slate started right now, I had 8%. So, again, not interesting in the sense that I'm going crazy, and chances are I get even less of him by lock. But you know, not any worse than other shit that people are playing right now uh, from a value standpoint. Brandon Miller is the guy I have the most of. I have 13% fields at 21. So I'm below the field, but shooting guard, small forward, 5,800. If he is in, it's just another useful piece. You know, like we said, I'm over the field on Buddy Heald in that price range. I'm getting a lot of like Patrick Williams in that price range. It's just a, a useful price range right now. While we don't have a ton of cheap value, MPE is nice. You can just very easily fit him into basically whatever kind of lineup you're building.
1: And then on the Clippers side, obviously, we need the Kawhi news. James Harden, by the way, $200 more expensive than Kawhi now. Uh, There's not really any ownership coming in here other than to Zubats. Unless Kawhi
0: is out, I don't expect to be getting to the Clippers. No, me neither. It's a team where in this matchup, if you just happen to be landing on any of the main pieces, that is more than fine at low ownership. It's just very hard to grab one and say like, oh, this guy is a priority because even within this team, if you tell me Kawhi is a priority, why is it Kawhi and not Harden or George? And that's without even extending it to the rest of the slate and all the guys yeah. in their price range. Um, 5% Kawhi, 3% Harden are my highest own guys right now. If Kawhi sits, then yeah, Harden looks better. George looks better. $3,900 Amir coffee potentially becomes a thing, especially if other good value hasn't opened up. But assuming Kawhi is in for right now, it's just a team where Kawhi, Harden, George, Zubots, if you're getting any of these guys, fine, but it's hard to grab one and say like, oh yeah, that's the guy. I think we're in for a hell of a slate tonight. It seems fun. It's
1: hard. It seems hard. Yeah. You got article and video today? Yes. Contenders videos for me already out. Check them out on this channel. Prize picks on the Odd Shopper channel. Adam and I will be back at 5 p.m. Shout out to Prize Picks for being the sponsor. Keep your eyes peeled for news. We'll talk about it all later. Good luck, everybody.
0: Peace.